One thing about mama, she is going to make sure that everyone else is taken care of before she even thinks about treating herself. So if you are looking for the perfect gift to make mom feel special this Mother's Day, make sure you check out the Mega Moisture Duo from Osea Malibu because body care is self-care. Since 1996, Osea has been making clean, clinically proven, seaweed-infused skincare. So this Mother's Day, treat mom to the everyday spa experience she deserves. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GSPP at OseaMalibu.com. Plus, you'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head to OseaMalibu.com and use code GSPP for 10% off. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You can wish for it or you can work for it. You gotta work for greatness. If you ain't working, you should be working. These are the confessions of a workaholic. Welcome to Confessions of a Workaholic, where we share the success secrets of fearless female entrepreneurs who are obsessed with success. This is your girl, Coriel. So excited to have you back for another week to get up close and personal with another boss. This episode is brought to you by Work, Pray, Slay Weekend, which returns to ATL October 31st through November 3rd. For details on how you can attend the biggest and best women's weekend of the year, be sure to log on to WorkPraySlay.com. So today we are talking to Ashley M. Fox. Ashley is a former Wall Street analyst, a Howard University grad, and now a financial education specialist. She left her quote-unquote good job to follow her dream and became the creator of Empify, which focuses on the creation of life-altering programs, informative digital content, and interactive events curated to teach all aspects of financial education. Ashley, are you ready to confess? <laughs> yes, I am. Okay, so before we get into your career, we got to talk about the fact that you are an HBCU grad. Why was it so important um, for you to attend HBCU? And is there anything specific that you can say that you got from Howard that really helped you to prepare for where you are now? Um, I think for me, that was kind of the only option. That actually, Howard was the only school I applied to, so I applied early, so I knew in enough time where if I, if in case I didn't get in, I had enough time to apply to other universities, but I wanted to go to Howard because of their school of business. Um, I knew at the time in high school, I wanted to major in finance. I wanted to be a profound Wall Street, African-American, living in New York City, and I loved how Howard 
trains you on how to eat, how to build your resume, how to interview, how to play golf. And so I was obsessed with their school of business and I actually went to go visit it a couple times prior to me actually going to Howard. And so for me, I knew I wanted to be well-groomed. I wanted to be around groups of, of people who supported me, who loved me, who nurtured me. And so going to Howard essentially changed my entire perspective on corporate America. Um, I got four internships because Howard put the word internship in your mind the moment you stepped on campus. And so I, I can definitely um, just say Howard kind of propelled me and my outlook working in corporate America just as a black woman. Um, and I only wanted to go to Howard. <laughs> so and it was I'm from Philly, so it was close enough from from home, but also far enough for me to be able to grow. And I think going to Howard, that was the first time I got exposed to people who were not like Philly people and that there are people from different places all throughout the world who are black, but are different from our original hometown. And so that kind of gave me a different perspective and helped me prepare myself working in corporate America. Okay, so let's talk about the working in corporate America, because for me, I was one of those people who, like you, I knew for like my entire life, okay, I'm going to be a teacher. So you knew you were interested in finance. You wanted to work on Wall Street. When I got into the classroom, I was like, okay, wait a minute. This, this can't be it. Like, there has to be something more. This is not what I thought it was going to feel like, you know, at, at the top of the mountain. So what was that like for you when you were on Wall Street, when you secured the bag, so to speak, you got the dream job, did it feel as good as you expected or what was that experience like? I would say the first eight months, yes. Um, I was hustling. I was bustling. I don't, like working on Wall Street, you literally can do anything in the world. I, I truly believe it. And now just running a business, I kind of see how Wall Street has elevated my outlook on life and my work ethic. But I would say the first eight months, yes. I love my job. I love my job all the way up until the day I quit. However, it was not for me because I think I only wanted to work on Wall Street for money. I wanted to be, I wanted to have one of the highest paying jobs out of school. And at the time it was you either work in finance or you become an engineer. And so for me, interestingly enough, I actually wanted to be a teacher. They just didn't make enough money in my eyes. And so for me, I actually battled with majoring in psychology because I wanted to serve and I wanted to help people. But then I also was like, no, I got to make money. And so I knew what the signing bonus was. I knew what my salary was going to be when I graduated. And I was 22 years old making six figures. And so for me, that was why I chose Wall Street for all of the wrong reasons. And then after about eight months, um, I realized that I wanted more. Um, this dream of being on Wall Street, not necessarily wasn't what I thought it would be. It just wasn't as fulfilling. So financially, it was fulfilling, but mentally and spiritually, it was not. And I also worked with ultra high net worth clients. So I worked in asset management where we worked with individuals who managed money for clients that had $25 million or more. And so I saw literally everything that wealthy people did with their life. And you get to a point, how often can you look in the bank account of a billionaire not realizing you deserve to be on the other end of the table? And I knew that if I stayed in my job for 20, 30 years, I would never put myself in a position to be like the people I was constantly serving. And so for me, I realized, okay, you sat here and wanted to make a bunch of money, but chasing money will never make you happy because you're always going to find more, more people, more people that make more money than you. So really, what are you chasing in life? And so for me, I stopped chasing money and I started to do what actually felt right. And essentially three years later, after reading a lot of books, talking to a lot of people and just kind of just figuring life out, um, I ended up leaving my job. And I wouldn't say that it was because I hated my job. It's just that I wasn't mentally fulfilled emotionally um, at my job and I deserved more. Now, at the time, what I was about to do, I had no idea. But I knew that dream of being on Wall Street was not what I 
thought it would feel like, even though I was making good money. I love that you made the point that you loved your job until the day you quit, because I think people, you know, they think you only quit because you're unhappy. Um, And that's not always the case. A lot of the times we might be happy with the money. You know, I wasn't happy with the money, but I was happy helping the kids. I love the kids. But when you go home at night and you are feeling unfulfilled, there is nothing that you can do to fill that void other than figuring out and living your life's purpose. And it's so funny that, you know, I talked to so many people who have came to that same conclusion through various life experiences. But, you know, I love that you make a point that you don't have to hate what you're doing in order to know that God has something more for you than just this. And now you're able to still make good money, if not better than in the, you know, than, than before, but you're doing it on your own accord, you're doing it by your own rules, you know, you're doing it on your own terms. And so, um, you know, you, you are literally limitless where, you know, when you're in a career, when you're working for someone, they have the ability to cap your salary. So now you have literally taken that cap off and you are able to live life on your own terms um, just because you took that risk. So, so after those three years, you know, because from the outside looking in, I'm sure everybody and their mama thought like, you popping and you were popping, I'm sure, but it, working on Wall Street is like a dream. So you have this dream life, according to everybody outside of you. Did you have to deal with the doubts of other people when you decided to walk away from Wall Street? And how did you, if, if you had to? Um, I did. Um, people thought I was crazy um, because even even at the time before I quit my job, I remember like what I would write in my journal, what I would say to my colleagues. It was like, I'm going to teach people about credit. I'm going to show them how to invest. It was like, I wanted to take what Wall Street gave me and give it to people Wall Street would not talk to. And it's like, how could you go with working with rich people to working with broke people? And it's kind of like, I, I couldn't explain it. And so also at the time, I mean, I'm 30 years old now, and this was five years ago, actually almost six years ago. At the time, I... I don't want to say I have very low self-esteem, but I identified with things. So the kind of clothes I had, the kind of bags I carried, my prestigious job, like I identified with things because I was not confident in Ashley as a person. And so fast forwarding, I ended up losing everything. I got kicked out of my apartment in Harlem. I had maxed out credit cards, negative bank accounts, and I slept in my parents' house for two years. And I lived at home with a father who every day and to this day tells me I need a real job. And so it is disheartening. um, But for me, you could not tell me that I could not give the world what was inside of my heart. And, And I think that was the only thing that kept me going is the fact that I actually believe that it was possible, even though I didn't know how. And to this day, I don't know how, um, but I knew why. And I knew what I wanted to give to the world and why I wanted to give to the, why I wanted to give it to the world because I felt like no one cared to distribute the knowledge, the tools and resources that wealthy people got. And I feel like for something we use every single day of our life, why isn't it taught to us every single day? Why do you have to come from money to feel like you deserve to have money? And so for me, it was challenging. It was confusing. It is to this day. But I also know what I saw. It's like, you can't tell me you can't be a billionaire where every day I was in the bank accounts of millionaires and billionaires. So what I saw where I traveled, the things that I did, it was possible, but I also saw different things. So my level of expectation is a lot higher than a typical person because I always was around money. And so for me, it's being able to create something and share that energy, that feeling, that knowledge and give it to a world of people 
who don't want to work on Wall Street, who may not have been surrounded by wealthy people all day, every day, and let them know that it is possible. But to this day, I mean, there are people who still think I'm crazy. Um, but for me, it, I, I am in the business of doing what feels right. And if it doesn't feel right, I do not do it because for so long, I operated out of fear of feeling like I was good enough. And by doing things that made me look good without actually feeling good on the inside. So there's somebody out there listening that's like, okay, I know that, you know, I'm interested in fashion or I'm interested in beauty. I know that I'm passionate about these things. I know that I'm gifted in this area, but how do I monetize this? Like what were those two years like for you when you were figuring things out? And trust me when I say, I know that the figuring out this is an ongoing thing. Like you and I, we're both consistently figuring things out on a daily basis. But in those two years when you were really putting the pieces together, what was it that you did that took it from just being passionate about this to actually monetizing it, like actually having something of substance to share with the world versus just wanting to empower and help? Um, so I do everything with intention. So one of my favorite books is called Seated a Soul. Um, and actually Oprah lives by this too. So everything I do is with intention, right? So you have to think whatever you put into the universe is what you get back. So if your intention behind running this business is to make money, you're is wrong. So I left my job because I was not focused on money because I started my job with the intent of making money. If you identify with money so much, that means that there's a fear inside of you of not having enough. And so I removed all attention to money and, and, and it felt insane. But again, I did what felt right. I did what made me happy. So for a very long time, I did a lot of stuff for free with no intention of, even to this day, it's sometimes even hard to charge people because I love people and what I do so much. However, now I understand the value that I bring where in the beginning, you're still figuring it out. So everything that I did was for the betterment of the people that I served. So for example, so one of the, one of the pieces to amplify, we create financial education programs and implement them into schools, right? I went from being a financial advisor, so financially empowering adults which again turned into a six-figure business. I had a fancy office, all these great things, right? But at the end of it, I still wasn't happy because I felt like God put me here to serve something so much bigger. So I stopped my six-figure business, moved out of my office and started all over again, going from making money every other day to then figuring out how the hell to get a school to pay, pay me for something that I don't even know how to do. And so when I started to transition and, and start to develop the business, focusing also on kids, all I wanted to do was financially educate a kid because I was tired of dealing with mentally and financially broken adults. And I literally would email every CEO and principal of every charter school in Philadelphia. Two people responded. One, one school gave me a contract. And to this day, we still have a contract with them. Now I'm at a point where I don't even reach out to schools. I'm actually at a point where too many schools reach out to us and I have to figure out how to execute the infrastructure of what, I, what I'm trying to do. But everything that I did from the beginning, I was not looking to make money. And I think when you go in from a place of not worrying about money, because again, if you're focusing on money, you are, you are only wanting money because you're, it's a survival mechanism. And survival comes from fear. And if you're putting out fear, you're going to get back that same lack that you're putting out to the universe. So my intent behind everything that I did was to serve and love people to the best magnitude that I could. And in return, 
everything started to come. So some people were just like, even people in finance now, especially black people, they don't know how I do what I do. And not, not knowing that there are schools that pay for my program, but people in finance are in finance for the money. It's like, think about it. If you paid a Wall Street person a teacher's salary, I guarantee you more than half, 75% of those people would not work on Wall Street because they're doing it for money. And so for me, I would suggest do what you love because it feels right and for the people that you're serving. And I promise you money will come. When I focus and I just put my head down and my intention is to serve and to love the people that I'm reaching, all the opportunities come to a point where I can't even take take it so much because it's it's literally something that I couldn't even fully envision and it's a lot bigger than what I thought it would be. And so in the beginning, I never focused on money. I always thought about it because I I used to always have it and it's and it's a very big transition. But when you do things for the right reasons with the right intent, I promise you money will just come and it'll come to a point where you didn't even know where it came from because your focus was doing the right thing for the right people with the correct intention. So your purpose is what is going to pay you. Chasing after what what the next person is doing on Instagram, what the next person is selling, what like all of those things that human nature leads us to do when we're comparing, when we're brainstorming, when we're looking for inspiration, all of those things, even though they can work out, I think they're going to be short, short lived. Like you cannot sustain something that's not tied to what you were created to do. So hopefully y'all was taking notes on that. So many good points. And it comes down to, like you said, doing what feels good and not just what you think is going to make you um, the most money. And it's so easy to get caught up in. I'm not going to do this unless it's going to pay me. But a lot of times you don't start out making money. Even the people who are making all the money right now, you know, who have built up to that point, a lot of us started out um, working for free. So if you are only doing things that are tied to money, then you are going to miss out on a lot of blessings and a lot of opportunities. So Ashley, I know a lot of people are listening to this because they're like, okay, Ashley knows all the tea on wealth building, on investing. And so I want to talk about investing and money Um, for the people who are listening, because I know they got questions. So um, in terms of like investing in stocks, which I know is one thing that you um, are training your tribe on, what would you say is like one of the biggest misconceptions? Um, That you need a lot of money and that is so complicated. (laughs) Um, I honestly, you know, in all honesty, I don't even like finance. I just know it. Don't forget, I chose a career because of money. So I would be in my dorm room obsessed with Wall Street, reading the Wall Street Journal, not knowing what I'm looking at because I had to get the job. So one thing about me, I'm very relentless. I am an overachiever. Um, and actually that I've learned through multiple therapy sessions over the course of my, my, my time here that I actually come from the wrong place too. However, um, I... I made myself like finance because I wanted money, not realizing that the joy I get in what I do is the education and the development of people. I naturally, by, by, I guess, by what I do for a living, I pull out the inner greatness in you. And what happens is if I'm talking to you and I I hear your dreams, I, I hear your goals, you automatically assume you cannot do it because you don't have money. So in order for me to break that barrier, I have to teach you a subject that allows you to pull out that inner greatness. And so I do not read finance books every day. I am not obsessed with the finance, financial news, but I do understand the economics behind this country and how wealth is built and also how it affects black people. 
And I think because most people don't have African-Americans are known not to have money or we're not surrounded by money. We just don't identify with it, which makes us feel less as a person. And for me, our identity is tied behind how much money we have in our bank account. And for me, I want to strengthen the hearts and minds of people. And so when it comes to investing and building wealth, we, I feel like as African-Americans having a $1.23 trillion buying power, we are in the business of making everyone else wealthy and essentially not realizing that we have the power, that we are the power, that we are amazing. We just don't identify with amazing. And so for me, that's kind of the core of why I do what I do. Because when you realize it's not something that is hard, it is something that is possible. You don't need millions of dollars to do it. Um, Once you realize how easy it is, it becomes a part of who you are. And not only that, you then you then transfer those habits, that mindset down generation after generation. And being in a classroom teaching 12 year olds and they know how much every designer belt, sneaker, shirt, everything costs, but don't know the difference between a check and a savings account. That's a problem to me. And so for me, everything that I do is to strengthen the mind of who we are as individuals and removing those mental barriers because we don't identify with wealth, not realizing that the wealth in this country is a result of the greatness that we are as African-Americans. And so I think one of the biggest things is that we don't think we can invest and that we need a lot of money and that we don't have a lot of money. And we're just so obsessed with our daily lives and our bills, not realizing that when you have and you operate out of a sense of abundance, it's possible for you to do anything and everything. And all of that boils down to mindset, right? Like if you if your mind stays the same, your money's gonna stay the same. Successful people don't think like unsuccessful people. Like it's just fact. They're 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 on two different wavelengths. So in terms of just investing in your intellect, like really trying to develop a new mindset around investing, around money, around wealth, can you recommend any books? Um, that, you know, my listeners might be able to tap into to kind of get just a general, not even necessarily like books on investing, but to get in their mind right about money. Um, Yes, we're actually reading it in our book club now. It's called Secrets of the Millionaire Mind. Um, This is literally in my top five books and it has nothing to do with money, but it differentiates between those who have a, a wealthy mindset and those who have a poor mindset. And you'd be surprised how much that we, how much we think what we do identifies with the poor person mindset. Like even myself, there were certain things that I do that I believe in all the mental conditioning that we as people have endured subconsciously. And I feel like as we get older and we start to, we start to understand where the root of all of our thoughts come from. We now are in the business of literally unlearning everything we were taught to believe about ourselves and money, just growing up and just being here in America. Um, But I think that is the number one book, um, Secrets of Millionaire Mind by T. Harv Ecker. Um, And absolutely, he literally will get your life together to a point where you will feel bad about how you think and see how it how it ultimately affects your life and how how your money is operating. You just remind me I need to reread it because I feel like I need to get my life snatched. <laughs> um, yeah, he, he he definitely gave you all the way together. There's so many books that that are out there that I feel like are not necessarily like finance books or money books, but once you read them, you just won't be the same. So the decision making, you know, around money and around spending versus investing and all of those types of things um, will be different, even if it's not necessarily a money book. Um, so yes, great great recommendation. Um, a seat of the soul. Right. That's another one. I took a note. On. Yeah. <laughs> that book is pretty, is really deep. In, in the beginning, I didn't, I, I didn't know what I was reading. 
Um, but I read it because Oprah always talked about it. So I kind of pushed through it. Um, but that book essentially changed my entire life, like entire life. Okay. I got, I got it in my notes. I'm going to check it out. Let you know if it snatches um, my little edges. Okay. So <laughs> Fox Trots 30, right? You did 30 days of travel. I don't know how you did it. I did like 11 last year and I was ready to pull my hair out. Like I, traveling is cool until you get to it. So my first question is, how was it? Like on day 30, were you ready to go home or could you do like another week? No. <laughs> um, it was such an enlightening experience. I, I, I'm also at a different phase in life and how I just see myself in life and just how I'm just becoming a different person just as Ashley Fox. Um, by day 30, my last day I was in Atlanta. Um, and when I came home right after that, I didn't know what to, even now I'm going to leave out the country. And in a couple of days, like when I was away, I was like, I want to do this all the time. I felt so free. I thought it was, I felt good to know like, Hey, I can run a business and be anywhere in the world. Um, and I've never thought my life would be like that. Like I never wanted to run a business. I never was one of those kids that said I wanted to be my own boss. That was never what I wanted to do. And just to think, you know, five years ago, I didn't know how to pay a $36 parking ticket. And so for me, it was exciting. It was enlightening. Um, it felt free. And it just made me want to travel so much more and just explore the world. And just, I don't know, I guess someone that's like self-exploration kind of thing. Um, but I've also, a lot of people don't know, like, I also, like, when I create my programs, I would teach my programs. So there were times where I would be teaching in 10 different schools in a week and going across the city of Philadelphia to go teach financial education. And now I'm at a point where I want to work on my business and not be in my business. And so a lot of the times I was self-employed. Um, and now I'm working on becoming a business owner where I can build a team and massively distribute what's inside my heart and my mind and give it to the world. So for me, it was exciting. Um, literally when I, I came home and I was like, I don't know what, to, I literally just said that I want to go be like a waitress <laughs> once a week because I'm so used to doing something or having a schedule where now it's like I can go and do whatever I want. So I have to put myself in a position to do something um, because I have a lot of work to do, but I can be anywhere and do it. And so it's just finding that balance since I'm not, have, I don't have to be in a bunch of different places all the time. So for me, it was exciting. It was very different. Um, again, I'm about to be going for another two, two weeks. So it's like, I, just, I, I don't know, I'm just figuring it out, but I'm at a different phase in life. And I think it was pretty cool that this transformation occurred at 30 years old. Yes. 30 is the age where, you, listen, if you ain't got it together, you better be on your way to getting it because life is, life comes at you fast, um, at 30. So I love that you were able to really have like an ongoing celebration, like a celebration of life for 30 days. I'm sure you did a lot of, um, self-exploration, a lot of soul searching. I know that you were in Peru. So just the, um, the spiritual history, you know, just all of that. I'm sure that it was um, a eat, pray, love experience for you. But in terms of like the business side of it, which you already hit on, and that was going to be my question of being able to operate your business from anywhere in the world, what would you say was most important, like the most important element to be able to set up your business so that it could function without you? Was it your team? Was it a system you have in place? Like, what would you say was that thing that makes it possible for you to be able to work from anywhere in the world for people who are out there dreaming of being able to do that? Um, I think it wasn't a system because I still am working on that. I think 
in the beginning, you become so obsessed with what you do. And I can only speak for myself where no one could touch it. So there were points where people were like, you should sell your curriculum. You should do this. And I'm like, nobody's touching my curriculum. Nobody can teach it how I teach it. Nobody can do it. And I think that was a fear of me letting go, which is one of the things I battle with as an entrepreneur. And then it got to a point where people from all over the country were asking, like just recently somebody asked to buy my curriculum. And I'm like, I don't even know how you buy a curriculum. Like I'm learning this whole process, but it got to a point where it was like, I got overwhelmed with being everywhere and doing everything. And it was like, I actually feel confident in taking a step back to be able to look at the entire picture versus being inside of the frame. And so it wasn't something that I set out and said, hey, I am going to travel the world for 30 days because I don't want to I don't want to work in my business anymore. It was just a process that I went through. And it was like, look, in order for this to be built as big as it can be with the demand that people are asking, you need to get out of your business. And for the first time in life, I am okay with getting out. Because if you would have talked to me a year ago, it would not have happened. Like I would have planned a vacation in the summertime where kids are out of school. Whereas now at this point, it was like, I want to take a step back. I don't want to pursue as many contracts because I want to start to build this big. And in order to build big, you have to get out of your own way. So I would say for the past five years, I have been living in fear in my own way. And when I finally gained the confidence to say, hey, you can do this. I'm better off getting contracts than executing contracts. I'm better off making, having the conversations with the people that can help me build this big than just working with every single kid and touching every single kid. And once cities started to reach out to me that like required me to get on a plane, it makes me feel bad to tell them no when it's like that child does not deserve to not have our program. How can I get this program to reach that family in Atlanta when I don't have the time or the energy to go every single week to go teach a program? And it's like I needed to get out of my own way to continue to serve the massive amounts of people that I ultimately envision myself um, reaching. Ashley, I have so enjoyed this conversation. I had so many more questions, but listen, <laughs> you have answered, like, it was just crazy how you answered so many without even, you didn't even know what the questions was, but you answered <laughs> Um, and I know that my audience um, has enjoyed this conversation and would like to know how they can become a part of your tribe, because I know that you have some amazing resources that you share um, with your private community. So please let them know where they can find out about your community, how they can find you on social media and where they can check you out online. So on social media, I am at underscore Ashley M for Marie Fox, F-O-X. Our website is empify.com, E-M-P-I-F-Y.com. And then for our community, which is something we just recently launched launched in partnership with StockTwits, which is pretty much a social media app for people who invest in stocks all day. Um, We have a beginner's group called the Wealth Builders 101 community where we essentially offer free online classes. We have a new book club we just launched. Um, We have financial discussions. We literally do everything to support people who want to build wealth but may not know which direction to turn and who may not have a lot of money, uh, which is $7.99 on a monthly basis. And to be a part of our community, you can go to bit.ly, so bit.ly slash Amplify Community. Um, And essentially, it's just a community where right now we have about close to 300 members. And uh, we're literally just working to grow because I think there's not a place for beginners who want to do more, believe they can do more, but have no place to go without being judged or without someone trying to sell them a product or a service. And so essentially it's more about shifting our mindset 
But while we shift the mindset, we give you the tools and resources you needed to to execute and become better financially as an individual. I got to check it out because your girl got to get these coins together. I'm excited (laughs) about it. Excited um, to be able to share you with my audience. Y'all, this has been another game changing episode of Confessions of a Workaholic meant to empower and encourage you to get that ass to work. You already have everything you need to get everything you want if you are willing to work. I love you. See you next week. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.